today on The Travel Guys. In the travel news, we have an update on the Around the World cruise we told you about a few weeks ago. And then there's the story of the college student who found it cheaper to commute by air to classes at UC Berkeley from Southern California. Those stories next in the travel news. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, Mark relates his own experience with flying in bad weather last week and emphasizes the importance of having your airline's app on your phone. At 335, we approach a delicate subject. Pooping in the woods. Wait a minute. What are we talking about? A company that has a unique toilet that could be a big help to campers or long-distance car travelers. Yeah, leave it to the travel guys to talk about pooping in the woods. Who else would go there? Portable toilets are the topic. Finally, at 3.50, we talk about an airport program called CLEAR. If you have it, it's changing. If you don't, we'll tell you a little bit about what it does. A lots of information to make you a smarter traveler. Welcome to the latest edition of the Travel Guide. On the road again. My friends, to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for coming along on a scorching Sunday afternoon, where yeah. we we haven't gotten the temperature yet for Death Valley today yet, Mark. At least not for this show, but uh, no, could set no, a world world record. Not the one that you really want to have. We have something fun to give away. And a special way to do it. Why don't you tell folks about what we have to give away today? Well, okay. It's a Mannheim Steamroller CD. It's called American Spirit. Uh, It includes the classic C.W. McCall's Trucker Song Convoy, the Wolf Creek Pass, uh, of course, America the Beautiful, the Star-Spangled Banner, Battle Hymn of the Republic, you know, if you're a fan of fresh air and Christmas music of Mannheim Steamroller, well, you're going to enjoy this uh, musical uh, included on, all the music included on American Spirit, and we're giving away some CDs. Mark, tell, our, have, li- tell our listeners how they can win. We have five of them, and what we need you to do is write this down. You're going to send an email to Blueberry, just the way you sell, spell Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-E-R-R-Y, at sportsleisure.com, all one word, doesn't matter if it's caps or lowercase, blueberry at sportsleisure.com. In that email, you're just going to tell us your name, and if you'd like to tell us something that you like or dislike about the show, something that causes you to turn it off, or something that makes you go, yay, when it comes up, why then we would love to know that, but that's not necessary unless you wish. We just need you to send an email to blueberry at sportsleisure.com, give us your name, Once we have all of the entries, say Wednesday or so, we will pull five winners for American Spirit by Mannheim Steamroller and send those out to you. You don't have to do anything else except send us an email to blueberry at sportsleisure.com. And for those of you who might be driving around or something, running around the house or something, we'll repeat that a couple times during the program. All right. Thanks for joining us, my friends. We have lots to cover today, so... Let's get to it. At the top of every Travel Guys radio show, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And with it, here's Mark. 
Well, and we told you in the headlines, there was a, a college student who lived in Southern California, and he decided with the cost of housing, even student housing in Northern California, that it would be cheaper for him to commute by air uh, to Cal Berkeley. So what he did was he arranged all of his classes on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and found a friend he could stay with a couple of nights a week and did all of his much of his work remotely. And so um, Alaska Airlines was so moved and impressed by his determination. Um, by the way, he, he declined to give his name, um, just his first name, Bill. Um, they got him a graduation gift. And so he figures he saved about $15,000. So he received a, pro, a, a, a subscription service for a year that will allow him to travel for free within California, Arizona, Nevada, and Utah on Alaska Airlines. He flew, Tom, get this, 238 flights. So that's 119 round trips from Southern California to Northern California Mm -hmm. um, in order to get his, so I don't know what school, 35 weeks a year, something like that. So multiply that by by four. Yeah, okay, that's just about right. Um, Anyway, what a unique idea, flying and he's and, and and here's the deal. He didn't pay full fare on most of those tickets. Um, he he took out credit cards and did different things that helped him accrue airline miles and bonuses and the like, so that he didn't have to. He he, he made it 238 uh, flights, but um, he didn't pay for all of those mm-hmm. or even most of them. Pretty so good clever. for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A way to a way to beat the system. And congratulations to Alaska Airlines for taking it um, in the proper spirit, although I'm sure they're hoping that this doesn't – well, maybe they are hoping it spreads. They don't care. The guy bought tickets, right? Right. You know, he, he didn't break any rules or any nope. laws. He nope. just figured out a way to do it a little cheaper. Amazing. We told you a few weeks ago about a three-year cruise where you could go around the world on a cruise ship for three years for a very reasonable price, and the, the, the folks who were promoting it at the time – um, didn't really tell you, but they didn't really have a ship lined up yet. I mean, they thought they did, but demand for this has turned out to be so high that um, they have set their sights on a larger vessel and are getting it ready, and it looks like that this is going to actually happen, um, a three-year around-the-world cruise. Now, there's some legal things going on in the background, so if you're thinking about this, the original offer required a $5,000 deposit, to lock the rate in, um, and they have several hundred people who have already signed up and paid deposits. I would probably let these guys get in the water and do this once before I was inclined to sign up for it, and just yeah. in case the money didn't go exactly where it was supposed to go or the whole thing kind of blew up in their face or something like that, but it's intriguing. Do you do you have the number once again that uh, how much it was going to cost per year or per year for? Uh... Oh, I knew you were going to ask that. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. It was a five thousand dollar deposit. Ugh. No, I don't. Okay. This this updated article from CNN doesn't mention the uh, the amount of money that it was that originally was there. But I'll tell you what I will do. Mr. Travel Guy, since you posed the question, I'll have that answer next week. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) Um, All right. If you're flying out of Sacramento Airport anytime soon, there are some some construction going on out there. 
it's not catastrophic. They're putting in a couple of roundabouts where there used to be four-way intersections uh, because they just think it will make the traffic flow much easier. Uh, so, good you, good luck uh, with that. How are you with roundabouts, Mark? Uh, <laughs> uh, honestly, I mean, there's one, there's one out on Bradshaw, and every time I come to it, I'm not sure which one of the lanes I'm supposed to be in to go to straight or the ones you want to make to go to the left. You, you need to do your homework when it comes to roundabouts. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, two more of them going in at the airport. Thank you for that little rant. Um, always appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was really, that, was, that was a real the round, addition to the show right there. The, <laughs> the roundabout rant there. Um, anyway, back to the main topic. If you're flying out of Sacramento Airport, um, you may find a, a bit of a delay getting in, if, especially if you're going during working hours. If you're like me and you tend to be out there at 3 o'clock in the morning um, or 4 o'clock in the morning or whenever the heck it is that those flights are leaving now. But anyway, um, if you're going out there, there's a little bit of construction, um, and it's the road running east to west near the Arco gas station that you pass entering the airport where they're putting those on. So if you use certain tr- certain parking areas, you may find that those are a little more difficult to get to or you have to slow down a little bit, pay a little bit more attention. Uh, Margaritaville in Times Square, um, not enough people were wasting away in Margaritaville in <laughs> Times Square. Um, they have filed for bankruptcy, the Ooh. owner of Margaritaville. They were closed for a while during covid they opened back up. This place cost a hundred million dollars. Man, so um, somebody, somebody took it in the proverbial shorts. Um, it had five restaurants and bar, uh, a street level Margaritaville store, which is the only part I was ever in. Two hundred and thirty five guest rooms, um, seeking to fend off a foreclosure auction of what they call a three hundred seventy million dollar New York hotel. Um, they have filed for bankruptcy. Wow. So. Anyways, not everything not everything that's overpriced in Times Square gets bought up by the people, apparently. And not enough, like I said, not enough people decided to waste away at Margaritaville. Um, here's a cute story from American Airlines. A flight was canceled after the airplane's door fell off. Um, oh, it was good. leaving Philadelphia going to Dublin, Ireland, and the jet bridge ripped the door off. I'm going to suggest to you that in order for the jet bridge to rip the door off, the door would have to be opened. So somebody, <laughs> there's a piece of information in that story that we don't have um, that would have explained how the jet bridge got um, ripped off. Uh, Holland America Lines is adding astronomy experts to its 2024 solar eclipse cruises. This is a hot item, I have to tell you, at Sports Leisure Vacations. Um, we're planning a trip to Arkansas, which is supposed to be one of the best spots to view the eclipse. Um, Clayton's in charge of this, and he's just rolled it out. And he's got room, I think, for 60 or 70 people. And he had that many on his wait list. Wow. Just waiting to get information about it. So if you are a cruiser, know that Holland America ships that are positioned to be able to see the solar eclipse next year will have astronomy experts to help make that experience a little bit better for you. So that might be part of your buying decision. If you want to see the eclipse and you like cruises, Holland America is saying, hey, hey, pick us, pick ups. A European heat wave sparks multiple warning shuts Greece's Acropolis. According to the Washington Post, uh, temperatures that are supposed to reach uh, close to 110 degrees in Cyprus have cautioned that, um, you know, those rocks get pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Um, some, types, some types of stones get really hot. And so walking on them barefoot or even touching them with your hand or something is, or walking on asphalt to get there, 
Um, so, folks, be careful. If you, It's not only hot in Sacramento. It's hot all over the northern half of the planet at this time of the year. So be careful. Uh, we have a story about clear, but we're going to hold that for you until the end of the program. So that is your travel news for today. By the way, in this kind of weather, don't take your poor little dog for a walk on the concrete. Hey there, it's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for coming along. All right, Mark, uh, you know, I heard a story last week about some people who bumped their heads, ended up in the in the hospital as a result, uh, at least a couple uh-huh. of them, as a result of probably not wearing their seatbelt on a bumpy flight. So That was not me, because yep. I may be not the smartest guy when it comes to every situation on the planet, but by God... I have seen that happen on airplanes. So when I get on the plane, I, I put the seatbelt on. I don't try to play games with them because I've seen what happens to people. I saw a lady get pretty seriously hurt. I mean, they had to come on the plane and take her off on a stretcher. Wow. So, um, you know, I, I, that, that day I was like, oh, okay, so that's why you wear your seatbelt. And I haven't, haven't had a problem with that uh, ever since. I, was, I went back to uh, Lexington, Kentucky. I was in Seattle last weekend. Um, the folks up there invited me. For part of the uh, all-star festivities, and I took advantage of that to put together a new tour in Seattle for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, not all baseball-based, just uh, some really – because Seattle's really a neat city. And uh, so we got to go to the home run hitting contest, and then I left from there and went to Lexington. Um, weather in Lexington was beautiful, but the weather in Chicago, not so much. I made it through Chicago the first time. That was my connecting airport. And um, people might say, well, why didn't you go a different way? Well, because going to Lexington, Kentucky, which is not a huge city, but has a decent-sized airport, um, the only way you can get there on United Airlines is through Chicago. So um, that was a little bit of a lesson to be learned. I I probably will be a little more careful about getting myself into that situation in the summertime again because Chicago had bad thunderstorms on the way in. We were delayed about an hour or so getting through the airport and then going back, they completely shut the airport down. So my flight from Lexington to Chicago and then on to Sacramento was changed three times. It was canceled in a 24-hour period. I had three different sets of of flight arrangements. And finally, I got out of uh, Lexington and got home to Sacramento. And I was only 12, 14 hours late, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the end of the world. But... The thing that's really important here in the Smarter Traveler Department uh, to learn from Mark's situation last week is you got to have the airline's app on your cell phone. This is has become really the most critical thing that you can do if you're flying when you hit the road. Now, different airlines' apps are better than others. I only have used the Southwest Delta and United apps. Um, the United one is by far the best of those three. Um, provides you the most information and is updated the most often, et cetera. But the others, two are still very useful. And I'm sure Americans and all the other, Alaska and all those guys, I'm sure their app provides information too. This is the key, though, Tom. Mm-hmm. If you get into a situation like me where the airport's closed or they've got a ground stop or they're anticipating all of these problems, and so they're saying, you know what, let's cancel these flights on these 50 and 70-seater airplanes and get the 200 seat flights through here Um, because we're only going to otherwise these planes are going to sit here on the ground and we're going to cancel them anyway so let's let's not even get the people in the middle of their travel let's be proactive that's one good thing that the airlines have done 
in this case, because I had the app, every time my flight was canceled, United sent me a text that said, Bing, your flight situation has changed. You need to go here and look at the options. And when I went there, there were all of the choices. Now, in my case, there weren't very many because I didn't have six airports I could go through. And United was kind of saying, until the time of your first flight comes and goes, we're not going to consider putting you on another carrier. And I, the hours didn't really matter to me. I could spend an extra night in Lexington. It wasn't – had my computer. I could you know, do plenty of work there. But the point of all of this is that if you have the app on your phone and something like this happens – the wait on hold, when I called United to ask them a simple question, the wait on hold, they said, is at least 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. So um, the wait in the airport, I've seen these lines before, um, are hours long. So even if they've got a full staff manning the customer service desk, they're hours long because people's situations are complicated. It doesn't mean that the app will solve every problem for you. But in my case, which was a fairly complicated one with multiple cancellations and for different reasons and only limited options to get from Lexington to Sacramento, twice, two options a day, um, without going around your rear end to get to your elbow, um, I had to – I was able to know right away what was going on, make a decision, hit the button, say, yeah, switch me to this. They did it. I got to the airport. Everything went perfectly just like it would have – if that all of that hadn't happened. So I was inconvenienced some, but I didn't spend my whole day on the telephone or in line getting aggravated with an airline. Right. That's so, uh, great advice. You've got to get the airline's app on your phone. And let's go a little bit further. Restaurants now, almost all of the major restaurants accept reservations on an app. So you don't need to pick up the phone anymore and hope that they answer it or, go, or jump through hoops. You're basically going to talk to an app when you call the restaurant anyway, uh, most of the time. So just go on the app, and the app will remind you that your res- reservation is coming up, usually 24 hours ahead of time or the day of, so that, you know, if you're dingy and you tend to forget those things or double book yourself, why, they'll, they'll tell you. Um, sporting events, theaters, all of those tickets now are on the app. They're all on your phone. And so you've got to have, if you go to Giants games or any baseball games, you've got to put the ballpark app. I'm still able to get my people's tickets printed from the Giants. But I have no doubt that some year the Giants are going to laugh at me and say, I'm sorry, we don't print any tickets anymore. Right, yeah. That's pretty common for um, all kinds of events. So we found that out over the last several years with the Kings. And, folks, if for some reason, you know, you're not very uh, good at being able to figure out your smart device and get those apps on there, uh, you certainly, if you have any kids or grandkids uh, or younger folks that are within your blend, they'll be happy to help uh, help you do it and coming from an old guy it's really not it's really not that hard in fact it, it like mark said it's a lot easier and a lot quicker and uh, a lot more in a lot more convenient than uh, than waiting online or waiting on the phone or waiting in a line at uh, at an airport many of these apps now will even allow you to sign in with facial recognition yes so you don't have to remember the password you know, anymore or create, you've got all these different passwords or variations of a password or something like that that you use for different sites. You can set it up in many cases, like on my United app, I just hold it up in my face and it says, yeah, we're, you're you, so let's go on from here. So it, it really is, uh, it, not only is it a convenience, but I think it's a, there's no question it's a security factor or they wouldn't all be going this direction if they didn't believe that it helped them from a security standpoint. 
but you, you really need to consider the airline app is a total no-brainer. If you go to sporting events and theater events and you haven't been forced to do this already, don't stay home because you don't have the app on your phone. It's not like Tom just said. It isn't that tough. I resisted in the beginning, but now I've got six or eight or ten of them on my phone that I use all the time. I have one for the – I'm going on a trip taking folks to Washington State to ride the ferry boats up there. And I've got the ferry boat app on my phone. Why? Because it tells me exactly where the ferries are, including the one that I'm going to plan on riding on, and whether it's on time or late or whatever, so I can make adjustments to my schedule on the fly. So really important, consider getting those airline, entertainment, and even restaurant apps and put them on your telephone. If you don't like them, you can always take them off. Hey there, Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. So uh, you ran across a special guest today. Where did you run across Douglas? Yeah, I think this is kind of innovative. Um, Douglas Rice is the president and owner of Dry Flush. And this is, you know, when you talk about pooping in the woods, why, you know, it's kind of a delicate (laughs) subject, but it's something that matters to a lot of people. And so I thought... Doug, this was an opportunity for you to tell people about your product, which I suspect that there is a, a sliver of the population that really, really, really would be happy to know about this. You're, you're so right. Um, interesting. I bought the company 19 months ago. It's been around for 11 years. The first 10, they've uh, they sold about 10,000 toilets um, with no marketing Nothing. They didn't have literature when I, I uh, was introduced to the company. But it was about 20 minutes from my house, and I just retired uh, from uh, 38 years of owning a printing company. And they got bored. Saw this product. Could not believe what I saw. So I had to buy the company, and I did. After I bought it, I learned that the inventor of the toilet loved camping. But his girlfriend wouldn't go with him because the toiletry uh, at the different campsites and the different options for toilets where it's not acceptable to her. Mm-hmm. So he just, he would go out and make a toilet that she would like, and it would be hygienic, pretty much hygienic every flush because you get a new bowl every time you flush it. So, Doug, can you can you take a minute here and and graphically explain about your the dry flush toilet so that folks who are sure. – can you paint a picture so that folks on the radio will get a vision of what we're talking about? Sure. It looks like a regular toilet, and we have a cartridge inside the toilet under the rim that holds 21 and a half feet of uh, like a, a balloon, helium balloon material, a film. And there's a spin disc at the bottom of the toilet and a drum, octagonal drum, and a two fans create suction um, to pull the film down against the bowl to create a nice tight bowl. You deposit into the toilet, you press a button, and the first fan will enclose the waste. And then the second operation is we twist it into a sausage link. Mm -hmm. So we twist it completely four times around. And then the second fan kicks on again, pulls down another bowl worth of material out of the 21 and a half feet of film that is in this cartridge. It's a continuous film, and it creates another bowl. So what you're building up is sausage links in the bottom of a bowl, octagonal bowl. Mm-hmm. Wow. As wow. soon as we twist wrap that waste, we're cutting off the odor. Sure. So you never see it, 
smell it, or touch it again. How much does the toilet weigh? Uh, with a battery, because people like, like to have it portable. I mean, we have a lot in tree houses. We have people carrying them in their cars. Um, 32 pounds without a battery is 28 pounds. Uh, you can plug it into the wall at home. One of our new markets is putting it next to a bedside for elderly or disabled. And you can leave the waste next to you or in your van or in your tiny home. Uh, we know for at least six months, and you'll never, ever know there's waste in the toilet. That's amazing. Wow. That really is amazing. I want to tell folks who are listening that if you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, we have a link um, to the Dry Flush uh, website, and you can you can see what we're talking about here. We're, we are talking um, with Doug Rice. He is the president and owner of a company called Dry Flush, which makes a, a portable toilet. So you can take it with you camping or, as Doug was saying, if you've got a, a a sick relative that has issues with getting around the house, it would be an easier and odorless way to be able to um, to answer nature's call. Yes, Tom? Yeah, uh, and for those of us, there, those of you that might be asking about, well, what about liquid waste? Uh, Doug, why don't you quickly describe the product that you use to turn the liquid waste into virtually a, a gel or almost a solid waste so that uh, you can dispose of that easily as well? When I bought the company, I realized the cartridge cost was something to be considered, and they were getting 15 flushes out of a cartridge. So I wanted to extend the life of the cartridge and reduce the cost, which we end up doing by about 40%. And the way that works is since we urinate so much versus number two, when you urinate in a toilet, you sprinkle pea powder in. Pea powder is a powder that our plant manager found as the same material that's in baby diapers. And when uh, liquid hits it, it expands and absorbs it and also knocks the odor out of it. Not a perfume. It just it just absorbs the odor. Um, and my girlfriend, Jana, came up with the name pea powder, which is appropriate for what it is. Yes. So you go number one in the, in the toilet. You sprinkle a teaspoon of pea powder onto the urn and walk away. Do not flush the toilet. It will turn into a gel. Um, and then we suggest you can do that three times in a row and then flush on the third one just to get some of that volume out of the way. Uh, of course, every number two, you flush instantly because you want to get rid of that. And if you didn't like last night's fish dinner, you can throw that in our toilet and flush that. <laughs> and a lot of toilets don't like, don't like toilet paper. Well, you can throw the whole roll in our toilet and flush that. Um, it doesn't care what you put in it. It, will just, it. it just encloses around it, and then we twist it and pull it and suck it back down to the bottom of the bowl. And after 15 flushes, uh, two red lines will show up on the side of the bowl that says, okay, done, time to change the cartridge. So you just lift up the, the, the toilet seat, you lift up the trim top, you reach around the cartridge and grab the garbage bag that you already put onto the drum, pull that up around the entire, mm-hmm. uh, entire uh, ring, twist-tie it, and throw it in the trash. Now, the reason the trash guys like it is because there's no leakage and there's no odor, so it's, um, it's leak-proof and odor-proof. Doug, give us an idea of what the cost of the toilet is. Sure. The, uh, it's $895, and it has three different power options, battery, AC, or DC. A lot of van people like the DC. They hardwired into their 12-volt system. Uh, the, again, the home use is a lot of 12, I mean, uh, is uh, AC. And then, uh, but the bulk of our toilets go out here with battery because people like the portability of it. You just pick it up and walk around with it, set it down and use it. My daughter uses one at tailgating football games with a pop-up tent. 
um, very convenient, uh, very portable. It's $895 delivered in the continental United States. Uh, we just won the 2022 Australian Camping Innovation Award. We ship worldwide. Uh, the Navy SEALs use it. Uh, New York New York Coast Guard use it. And a rocket company, when I first bought the company, a rocket company called me. They're building, they're the, one of the builders of the space station, and they licensed our toilet, our patent, excuse me, our toilet, uh, our patent for 10 toilets for the space station. That was the kickoff of, after buying the company. And so the acceptance is huge, five-star Google review. We're talking with Doug Rice. Doug is the president and owner of Dry Flush. You can find a link to this. Um, and the reason we're telling you about it is because not only are there some uses for um, for folks who have trouble getting around at home or something like that, but certainly for campers or people who are making long road trips yeah. to remote areas, things like that. I think it has some real travel uses. Doug, thanks for joining us today and telling us a little bit about Dry Flush. Thank you very much. And, oh, I mentioned that it's listed at TravelGuysRadio.com, but we told you we're having some issues with the website. It may or may not be up when you hear this, but if it's not up and you still want to find out more about pooping in the woods, um, you can go to just go to your search bar and enter Dry Flush. And it'll come. It'll come right up, and that'll connect you to uh, to those folks. Kind of an interesting, an interesting thing to find on a travel show, but nonetheless. Uh, just when you thought it was safe to turn the radio off, we're we're still here. It's uh, Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacation. Hope you're doing well and surviving the heat. Mark, how about you? Huh? Are you surviving? Well, okay. I'm- I'm doing pretty well. I was just sitting here thinking um, during the break, Tom, that you know this is one of the more unique versions of the Travel Guys ever. I mean, we've we've told people that you know you may need some intergenerational help with getting the latest technology on your phone, but it's really, really, really important. And then we talked about poop um, for a while, which we I don't believe we've ever done on the program before. But you know, I mean, literally, if you're a person who goes camping and stuff like that. I mean that's that's not an unreasonable thing to consider adding to your stuff in the garage that you take with you. Well, you know, some time ago, back in the uh, the early days of the pandemic, uh, I was going to travel to San Antonio, and I was very seriously thinking of taking a a road trip. Uh, mm-hmm. And and at that particular time, you know, uh, places to stop along the road, whether it be a, a restaurant or whatever, were were hard to find there was a lot of stuff that was closed and i thought well what about uh, what about that <laughs> what about your your personal needs uh, on the road and i thought well and I, I did a little research and there are some things that you can buy that people mm-hmm. use for camping but none of it was, oh my god but none of it was very appealing but <laughs> this one conversation of, is sliding quickly <laughs> but, one, but one of these guys would be a would be a perfect choice okay well yeah but except that when you i mean it is a toilet so it's not like you can, you know, put it in the back seat and use it. I mean, you've got to have – you? I have this vision, Tom, of people driving by the side of the road and, you know, popping open the trunk and setting the toilet down. And <laughs> <laughs> So if you pass anyone by the side of the road who appears to be doing their business, just honk and wave and know that they're probably someone who was listening to the travel guide. You know, that reminds me, the 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 add-on product, maybe I should uh-huh. invent this, and uh, we'll get together with uh, with the dry toilet people, and, and that would be the pop-up little uh, little tent thing, a little place where you could 
put it inside and you have a little enclosure. <laughs> oh my God! Your so own, you, so you your have own, some, not only would you have your portable toilet, but your own portable restroom. Yeah, yeah, you have a little privacy there. The only thing you'd be lacking is you'd need a sign that says "closed for cleaning." Because how many times have you pulled – how many times have you been driving down the road and you see – and you're like, oh, wow, great, a rest area. I have to go so bad. And you pull over and you stop and you walk up to the thing and it says closed for cleaning. Oh, my gosh. And so that would be – all right. Anyway, enough silliness. Um, let's talk about – there's a program at the airport. There are basically two line skips at the airport when you're going through security to avoid the long line, the regular that the great unwashed go through. There is – TSA pre-check, which a growing number of people have, and seems to be fairly well run and, uh, and well staffed and the like. Um, don't seem to have any big issues. I mean, you go to an airport on a key day and it's going to be a little busier, but pre-check seems to be a good way to you give them some information ahead of time and pay them $85 and for five years you can go through that line. And many people, a growing number of people, have chosen to do that. I see that with people who go on tour with me. It used to be one or two of them went to TSA when they got to the to the uh, security area, and now uh, if I've got 25, four or five or six of them will go through pre-check. pre-check so I think yeah. more people are discovering that as a tool. Right, yeah. I, I love my pre-check. I would, uh, I, it's worth every penny. But I do, so the I, Knicks, do, I do glance over at the clear line and wonder yeah, what's going yeah. on there. And they usually well, have, like at the, at the SMF, they usually have people there to explain how it works and give you yes. the opportunity to sign up. Okay, go on. Yes. So you can. It's a paid program. And, boy, this is really going to look bad. I've never paid to be in it. So I don't know what it costs. That's just That's a glowing error on my part. Um, anyway, there's a link to it. If our website is working at travelguysradio.com, if it's not, just enter clear in all one word in caps in your search bar, and it will come up. It, you have to pay to be in it. What happens is you go to the airport, and instead of going into the pre-check line, you go into the clear line. And it's every airport doesn't have it. Sacramento does. Most major large airports do. I was in Lexington the other day. They did not have clear. So they're kind of a medium-sized airport. But in many cases, all you have to do is go up, and you either are using your fingerprint or your eye, your your biometrics to identify yourself to a machine, and that hypothetically is what gets you. And then the clear person takes your boarding pass and um, takes you to the front of the pre-check or the regular line, whichever service that you have. So I go to the pre-check line, and immediately now I've bypassed the people in the pre-check line. So, um, and in Sacramento, to be perfectly honest, um, our guys Sid and Dale do a great job out there with, with their crew. And the pre-check line, at least for me, is, is rarely more than eight or ten people long. But anyway, I have clear because of my status with United, I'm able to use that. It doesn't cost me anything. There are a growing number of people who have clear at the airport and a growing number of people for whom they don't pay for it. They're getting it as a benefit of their American Express card or something like that. It costs 189 annually, and if you add, you can add up to three family members for an extra $60 uh, each per year. Okay, wow. I wouldn't pay $189 for it. I wouldn't. Because TSA is doing such a good job of getting people through pre-check that um, you're only saving a few minutes. It's kind of a convenience, and it's nice to have. But if you don't have it, and uh, or if you do have it already, 
or you don't have it and you're thinking about getting it, as Tom mentioned, $189 um, will get it to you for a year. It's just another another line jump. Um, one concern that somebody brought up the other day was they said, so if this company goes out of business or something like that, what happens to all of your biometric information? Hmm. Which is kind of interesting. I've never seen Clear mentioned all of that before. But um, here's the deal. Apparently in the summer of 2022, about a year ago, there was some kind of security breach. Nobody seems to know what it is. I've nosed around to quite a few different websites, and everybody refers to it, but nobody seems to know what it is. But somehow my guess is that somebody or somebody's got through clear with an ID that wasn't valid or pretending that they were somebody other than they were. I don't know how that would happen, but um, I'm guessing that something like that happened. And TSA figured it out. And now, um, normally, you would go up to Clear, and you would show them your ticket, and the biometrics or your fingerprints would ID you, and then you would pass. They would take you to the front of the line and take you through. Now, however, TSA, apparently, and I've noticed this for the last couple of months happening pretty regularly, wants to see your ID when you get to the front of the TSA line. So really, the only thing that you're doing is maybe getting through a little bit quicker. Now you have to show the same ID and you've got the whole biometric or fingerprint thing to go through. So, um, sounds to me like TSA is about to get rid of clear. That's just the way it sounds to me, that it could be that TSA is, is preparing a modification to their own program that might be another line pass in some way, shape, or form. But really and truly, to pay $189 to get through the airport a little, a little bit faster... Um, and have to give up this information. I Like I said, I get it for free, um, and it is a little bit of a help in some situations. It has gotten me through security a few minutes faster, but that's really all. So you're at this point thinking that clear may go away? I think that what's happening is that the TSA people are changing the system because of whatever may have happened that um, – that takes away some of the zippiness, some of the, the speed with which you were able to get through clear. And I think that many people, like, for example, knowing it's $189 and knowing that I'm going to have to present the ID no matter what, uh, I'm not paying $85 for pre-check and $189 for clear. That's out of the question. So I would just take the pre-check and go. So I'm going to suggest you a lot of the people who are coming through clear now are people who have gotten it because of their status with the airline or there's a credit card that they have bought and paid a fee for that includes uh, Clear with it. But if you're paying for it, um, don't buy it for multiple years. Um, and just know that if you go out to the airport and you are a Clear person that and you use that service and you're going to say, wow, this is not the same way as it used to be, you heard it here first. It's not the same way as it used to be. And I don't know where it goes from here, but I suspect that there's – Another piece of this story that we don't know yet. So if you have clear, don't be unexpected if when you get to the airport, they say, hey, uh, you, you're going to still need to show your ID to TSA, and it's not quite as fast or quite as much of a line jump as it used to be. And you may decide, as, as I'm kind of talking about here, that maybe it's something you don't need. Okay, um, real quickly here before we, we run out of time, the man who's flown more miles than any human answered some travel questions um, for the Washington Post last week. This is the guy who paid $290,000 in 1990 for an unlimited lifetime pass on United Airlines. Was that yes. the was that the going rate back in, what did you say, 19 when? 1990. United just 
decided to offer this lifetime pass, For and a number of people bought it. Forty thousand dollars. Two hundred ninety thousand. Two hundred in nineteen ninety dollars. Wow. Not in twenty twenty two dollars. So that that's quite a bit more money so in today's was, dollars. So based on how much he flew was that a bargain uh yeah, well it turned out to be a bargain for him um because he's flown over 23 million miles in the air so oh you have to do gosh. the math yeah um there but they asked him some things about um since he's flown more miles than anybody else um what what has he seen i'm going to suggest to you that most of his miles have probably been in premium cabins with premium service and so he doesn't and and he has his own phone number at united um so they know exactly who he is um, so I'm going to suggest to you that what he experiences is not what you and I experience when we go to the airport. But nonetheless, um, they asked him, what's the biggest mistake you see travelers make over and over, and what do you recommend they do instead? And I thought some of his mes- answers here are kind of babble, but this one was pretty good. He says, the biggest mistake travelers make not having a plan B, should there be delays and or cancellations. And then he says, how timely is this? I just noticed it. Download the airline's app. <laughs> Know all its features and how to use it. Plan on possible alternate connecting flights if things go wrong. So what he's saying is that the smart traveler considers the possibility before they leave home that something might not go perfectly, and they and they do a little bit of research accordingly so that when things don't go perfectly, they're not completely caught off guard. And I thought that was the best piece of wisdom that this 23-million-mile traveler had. All right, remember, we're having some issues with the Travel Guys Radio website, so if you go there and it doesn't bounce back to you, um, you will know that we still haven't got it up yet. We're working on it. Meantime, dance like nobody's watching. Thanks, my friends, for joining us. Look forward to seeing you next week right here on the Travel Guys. Travel.